social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't have what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to All the Social Ladies. I am Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and it is my distinct pleasure today to introduce you to Kara Friedman. Kara Friedman is a longtime FOL, friend of Likeable, and I'm so excited to have her here today. Uh, she's worked at Likeable in a variety of different capacities and then moved on to work at Publishers Clearinghouse as the social media manager. Other fun facts about Kara include that she is a bona fide, actual, tried and true lawyer. She's a frequent speaker at things like WAMU and Blog World, and she often guest blogs for publications like Mashable and also the Likeable Blog. So I'm so excited to have her here today and welcome, Kara. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so happy to have you here, Kara, because you are just such a superstar. And I would love to talk to you a little bit because you've had such an interesting and sort of diverse career path in choosing what you want to do. And you've been somebody who I would definitely describe as a a tremendous go-getter. So tell us a little bit about kind of what you studied in school, some of the choices you made in terms of schooling and then going into your first uh, job and then how it brought you to Publishers Clearinghouse today. So when I initially went to school, I was looking to go into communications. I went to got my bachelor's degree in communications, continued for my master's, and I had a variety of different internships in terms of like PR, advertising, et cetera. And, you know, I landed at this little company called the K-Buzz, and that was kind of my first introduction to social media marketing. And it was such a new phenomenon. Um, we were really just figuring it all out together as such a small company, and we were able to grow into the powerhouse that you guys have become now, but, you know, it's been such a whirlwind to be part of an industry kind of from the beginning and see um, the changes that have happened and how companies have needed to adapt and how quickly things moved, and um, that's always been super exciting for me. As someone who's experienced it herself, I think it's a pretty amazing and unique experience to be part of a growing startup like that, to see something from a small space and watch it grow, and that's kind of the same case with social media. Social media in, in itself, when you started, was kind of a startup in its own way. Oh, definitely. That's a good way of putting it because it was something that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg opened it up to the public and it was this unknown thing. What was going to happen? Was this going to be really something that businesses could utilize or was this going to just turn into a place for friends to hang out? And it, it took on a life of its own and grew into the the entire industry that it is today. Now, one of the things that I find so fascinating about you, Kara, and that you you managed to do so well was you worked in this, you know, intense sort of startup environment in this emerging industry. And while you were doing that, you also went to law school. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, you go big or go home. (laughs) You either do everything or you do nothing. So, you know, initially when I decided to go to law school, I didn't know if maybe that was the route I was going to take or, you know, maybe the social media was the route I was going to take. And I was able to kind of live both lives at the same time and really get to experience both worlds. And I, you know, decided that 
social media is really where my passion is, but I'm able to use my law degree in a lot of different ways. It, it comes up so often, and having the knowledge I got from law school has done nothing but help me in my career and help the companies that I've worked with, too, because, you know, we're able to have conversations on what's realistic and what we can do, what we can't do, what we should be doing and what we want to be doing. And it's been uh, pretty helpful. I actually love that, Kara. So it was pretty versatile for you in terms of the ability to get that law degree really helped you in your career, even though your career didn't have as much to do with the law. I think that's that's fascinating. I, I was at a conference once, and I remember Jean Sullivan. She was a, um, a VC, and she mm-hmm. said something to the effect of, I was working in these companies, and I felt like I wanted to know the law around these things and, and just never felt confident in the room. And so I went to law school, and that helped me feel totally confident. Even though she had nothing to do with the law um, in her career, it just really helped her have a, an edge that she thought was really great. So you, it sounds like you would agree with that. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, whether or not you are a lawyer, have the passion to be a lawyer, the knowledge that you can gain from getting more education, whatever it is, is invaluable. You know, if you're ever wondering, should I go for my MBA? I don't know. Should I go to law school? Having more knowledge is definitely never a bad thing. So, Kara, what do you know? I I guess I'd have to think back to what number employee you were at the KBuzz, like a full-time employee? I would have to say, I don't know the exact number, but somewhere okay. between like seven and ten. Like yeah. we were we were so small. We were in a nice little Queens office. Queens I love office. I love Queens. So uh and it's just incredible to see how much it's grown over the years and I I love it. I love that I was a part of it and still am. You're for, always for a part you're that's I told you, part of the likable family forever. So when you got tell me about so you started as an intern, right? Yes. And so how did you manage to be, I know there were a lot of interns at that time, and how did you manage to be one of the select few who was offered a full-time position? Do you think there was anything that you did differently that helped bring you to that space? Um, you know, there it was very competitive, and I think that one of the things I did differently was kind of just, you know, take on, you know, say yes to everything. And just because by saying yes to everything, I was able to learn so much in so many different areas. I never just focused on, you know, one niche that I, you know, stayed on one client or one product or one campaign, I was always, you know, I'll volunteer to do the front desk. I'll volunteer to uh, help you with this webinar. I'll volunteer to run this Twitter chat. And, you know, by doing that, it exposed me to a lot of different things. And I was able to learn so much about the business, about the industry and, you know, gain that initial knowledge that I think I was needed at the beginning. So I'm hearing a lot from you around versatility and really trying and saying what I hear is saying yes to everything really was able to help you take on new opportunities and new challenges. Definitely. No, I definitely agree with that statement. I think that, um, you know, by saying yes to everything, I was able to learn a lot. And that's really helped me with everything I've done in the future because anytime a challenge has come across me, instead of being scared of it, I've been kind of excited about it and have embraced it and have wanted to take on the challenge and learn something new. Do you think that you've embraced that philosophy, Kara, in your in your life, the say yes to everything? I think it's such an interesting sort of concept. It's like, what if you did just say yes and just do it all? I mean, I, I think it's a really interesting sort of life philosophy. Oh, definitely. I think within limits, not like the, the Jim Carrey movie that took it a little bit over the edge. Yes, but that's true. I, I love, like, you know, trying new things and there's no, you know, 
to say that you hate something or don't like something or don't know something, there, there's always an opportunity to learn it or love it and like it. So it's been fun. That's it's awesome. been fun to advance my career that way and also my life. Awesome. And so, Kara, when you were at Likeable Media, you really grew. You had a lot of different positions, and you held the position of general manager at Likeable Media. And so you were really exposed to a lot of the growing pains that a startup goes through. You really, you you know, involved in senior management, behind the scenes, looking at everything that's going on. Do you have any advice for young professionals who are navigating through a startup-type experience? Because I know you loved it, but I'm sure there are challenges with it, too. Yeah, I think that with startups comes maybe like a high stress environment and you know, we've definitely had rough times, happy times. It's a roller coaster of emotions, but I think what's most important is to always remain calm and be a real problem solver. So instead of being like we have this issue, what are we going to do and freaking out about it, it's really thinking, okay, we have this issue. We're internally freaking out about it, but what can we do to fix it? And that's really the difference between, you know, a successful startup and a not successful startup. It's not, you know, the panic, but really the problem solving and saying, what can we do? What what way can we think outside the box to fix this problem and not have this, not encounter this problem ever again? And when you were at this startup of, of Likeable, you also did a lot of the hiring. What qualities do you think for somebody who would be working in a startup do you think is a good quality for for people who would work there? What do you look for? Um, I think I look for people who are multitaskers. I'm definitely looking for people who um, are passionate and are really excited about learning new things because I think a lot of the skills from social media, they're changing every day. Those kinds of things you can teach somebody, but it's a matter of who wants to learn these things and how excited people get about things and really like people who are going to be invested in your success. Mm -hmm. And if someone's excited about you and what you're doing and what your mission is, everything else will fall into place. So it sounds like in a startup, you really would be hiring for culture there. Yeah, for culture and, you know, obviously skill and ability and the ability to learn quickly and take on, um, you know, new projects and things that are maybe outside of your comfort zone. But, you know, number one would definitely be culture. And then you went from an agency environment to work on the brand side. Can you talk a little bit to the differences between working on the agency side and working on the brand side? Yeah, so the number one difference for me is really this, you know, intense focus. So instead of having multiple clients, I now have, you know, the one brand uh, that I'm fully immersed in. And I have all these different departments and people that I wasn't necessarily exposed to before at my disposal. So I have, uh, you know, the acquisitions team and the marketing team and the promotions team and, you know, people who I would have maybe never encountered through a client uh, before because I was only talking to the one client contact. But, you know, it's become a really interesting experience for me to be able to think of campaigns and bring all the key players in together and kind of see them grow. So it sounds like on the brand side, you are have a better understanding of the internal access and therefore can probably get things done um, for that particular brand more quickly. Yeah, and more quickly and maybe, you know, with more focus. I, mm-hmm. I understand what the company goals are. I know what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I really know the audience because you're in it every single day. So those things have definitely helped. 
And so do you feel like for you or looking at a young professional who wants to get into social media marketing, do you do you have a preference in terms of if you were advising someone, someone came to you and you were you were mentoring them and they said, should, I'm going into social media. Should I start on the agency side? Should I start on the brand side? What do you recommend? What would you say? I would definitely recommend starting on the agency side and then transitioning over because I think there are things that I learned from working at an agency that I would not have had the ability to learn working from a, for a brand. So I think you need both and you need a balance. And some people are obsessed with working for a brand and they love it and that's what they're made for. But other people are going to be happy working for an agency forever. And that's just, you know, it depends on the type of person you are and what, what kind of workflow that you like and all of the other factors that go into it. So everyone's a little bit different, but I definitely think working at both helps you have a good perspective of things. Fabulous. And so tell me a little bit. So you ended up landing at Publishers Clearinghouse as a social media manager. So mm-hmm. Publishers Clearinghouse, give us a little overview of what they do. So we are, you know, a sweepstakes company and we are all about winning. We really, you know, I get to really reward my fans by, you know, having all these instant win games on Facebook. People can come and every day there's chances to win. There's, It's really about living the dream and it's a, a very exciting and aspirational brand to work for. Um, I think on Facebook specifically, we're focusing on really engaging with our audience. We have some amazing fans that come back every single day and love PCH so much and spend so much time on all of our sites. And we really want to reward those people and we've created um, – a super fan program for our Facebook fans that you can sign up for. And basically what that does is by being a super fan on Facebook, you can double your winnings. If you won anything between 10000 and $1 million, your prize would double just by being a super fan on Facebook. Wow. So that, that must be, the, you know, the concept of a sweepstakes and a gaming company lends itself so well to social media, I'm sure. Oh, I definitely think so because, you know, our fans love to engage with us online. They've primarily engaged with us offline, you know, historically with our company. And now we have such, um, you know, amazing websites and games and things that they can play and interact with us every day and talk directly to us on Facebook that, um, you know, it's it's great to interact with your, uh, your fans on such an intimate level. And so... In working in social media for a pretty long time now, I mean, you started with Likeable in 2009. And as social media changes so rapidly, how do you, as a marketer, keep up with the pace of social media? I mean, I think it's so important to take the time to really do your homework. So it's very easy to get bogged down by the day-to-day and kind of dive into your email and, you know, be stuck in endless emails. But if you're not educating yourself and staying up to date on what's being changed in the industry and what new features are coming, if you don't know that, you know, Foursquare has a new logo and a new branding and all these things that are coming down Mm -hmm. the line, you're going to be in trouble. So you really need to make sure that you're staying educated in addition to, you know, doing your regular job. And no more badges, right? Foursquare? Yeah, there's um, so many changes. I'm kind of sad about the Foursquare badges. That made me a little sad to see. There's no more. It's, it's a little sad, but at the same time, when was the last time you tried to win a badge? Well, I know, and also they, <laughs> you know, it's very interesting. I think when you look at networks, do you ever do you ever look at something? I know on the agency side, we definitely do, and I'm not sure from the brand side, but um, when you make a decision to invest in a network. It, 
and that network then doesn't perform at the level that you need to. I mean, how quickly for you as a social media marketer do you think about pulling the plug? If, if you go and you invest in a new network, let's say you try Vine or you try a certain network and it just doesn't perform to the standards that you need, how quickly do you pull out? I don't know that there's a set amount of time, but I do fully believe that, you know, you can't be everywhere. Ideally, we are on every single network. We have a page on Vine. We have a page on Instagram. We have a page here. We have a page there. But, you know, there just aren't enough resources and enough time in the day to focus your energies in places that aren't necessarily going to make sense for your business. So I think what's really important is focusing on what channels and what networks your audience is going to be or where you want a new audience to be, and then focusing your attention in those areas and not spreading yourself so thin that you're not doing anything anywhere. And do you think that becoming a personal thought leader, you the person being a thought leader within your company um, is something that or within any company, really, something that's celebrated? Do you think that it's important to be really establish your own personal thought leadership on social media? Or do you think that it's really all about the brand? I think there's a a good balance because, you know, you don't become a thought leader on purpose. It's really because you're focusing on educating yourself and trying to learn new things about the industry. And by default, you may become that go-to person who has the knowledge and the information that's needed for this decision or that decision. But I think that it's absolutely necessary to do your job to strive to be a thought leader or at least, you know, feel highly educated in your uh, industry. Otherwise, you're, you're not going to be able to do your own job right. Absolutely. So you feel like it's it's essential for you to keep up personally, uh, but that the individual thought leadership is something that happens. It's not something that, that you can just make happen. Yeah, I don't think that anybody, I don't even know that anybody who we would consider thought leaders in the industry now woke up and said, I want to be a thought leader one day. Right. But it's because they're so passionate about it and they're educating themselves and they're learning so much and they're staying on top of all the changes that we look to them as thought leaders by default. That's such a great point. And I think that in general, thought leaders are people who the people elect. You know what I mean? It's like they, they right. you're established by your by your smart words or you know your your insights or anything along those lines. Speaking about insights, in terms of measuring social, you know, it's a big question that I ask all of our brand people who are on here about how they're measuring their social media and what they're looking at in terms of measuring the success of their efforts. How do you guys measure and how do you look at what whether or not a campaign is successful? So for us, you know, I'm very fortunate enough that we have lots of resources at our disposal. There's all the free resources available. The Facebook Insights provides you and um, Google Analytics, et cetera. So, you know, it's more about picking the metrics that make sense for you. We have a bunch of different brands within the PCH umbrella, and they all may have different um, end games and goals and what to what they're achieving. So we kind of have to look at PCH as a brand overall, and then also looking individually to our mini brands within the brand to see how we're measuring success. And does every mini brand market itself separately? Um, I think there's an, there's definitely an overall PCH tone and voice, um, but there are subsets of that that may skew to slightly different audiences or have slightly different tones that you'd see um, differing on the pages. Interesting. So what would you say for PCH is the biggest challenge that you guys are facing? You know, I think as a brand, you know, one of the challenges that we faced a lot is um, 
people taking advantage of the opportunity of winning. And, you know, there are scammers out there that impersonate PCH to try and take advantage of our customers. So part of our job on social media is really consumer protection and educating our fans and making sure that they know who the official pages are, um, how we award winnings and how we don't award winnings. And, you know, we do a lot of work trying to educate and protect our fans from these terrible people that are trying to scam them. Oh, that must be very challenging. Yeah, I mean, it's very frustrating considering, you know, our fans are so incredible and they love us so much and we love them back so much that we want to do everything that we can to protect them from people who may be impersonating the prize patrol or impersonating our brand and, you know, We've, we work very closely with Facebook and the other networks to protect people from these terrible instances. Yeah, that, yeah, I could imagine that that would be very challenging, but it seems like you guys are doing a really, really great job around that. So tell me, try. yeah, it sounds like it. It seems like it and what we've seen online. So it's pretty great. Uh, tell me, so you've grown, obviously, into this position. You've gone from the agency side to the brand side. You secured a position um, out of an internship. You've done a lot to really advance your career. You got a law degree in the middle of all of it. What advice would you give uh, to young people who are entering the workforce, who are interested in getting into social media? What should they be doing, thinking? Uh, where should they be looking? I would start with thinking about what it is that you're passionate about, um, what maybe you want to learn more about, what you think that over your time in school and in college, you know, you haven't been doing nothing. So what is it that you think you've gotten really good at? And kind of branch out from there. I know um, a lot of people I know will have no idea what they necessarily want to do, but they know different brands or companies that they really like. So they'll start there. That's great. So you think they should look for, rather than positions that are open, start by what you're really passionate about and what you really like. Yeah. And I think, you know, if there are brands that you feel passionate about um, and you go for interviews, it's going to shine through. So, um, you know, you're on Facebook and I'm sure that you're following brands and there are things that you see that you're like, oh, I love this. I liked, I literally liked it. And now you really have the opportunity to go make a difference and work there as long as you're looking in the right places. Awesome. And Kara, I know that you have also had a personal blog, which I, you know, I absolutely love the name of, which is 25 hours in a day. I know you haven't blogged on it recently. (laughs) I've been checking you out, but what are your plans to keep up that personal blog? I think summer is always really hard, especially because it's so busy at work and in life and everything. But, um, you know, I've worked on getting contributors to the blog and scheduling them in advance and making sure that I'm keeping up because I think it's almost more of a personal commitment for myself that I, I you know, I'm really passionate about blogging and I want to have time to write. And the only way to get good at it is to do it all the time. So I have to make it a priority for myself and really, um, you know, showcase that. Whether anybody reads it or not is another thing, but as long as it's out there, I feel accomplished. <laughs> well, Kara, you just need to add a 25th hour in the day. That's pretty much, that's yeah, pretty much a one guarantee. More hour. One more hour. Six hours in a day blog. One more hour and oh, I should be good. Oh, good idea. The sequel. 26 hours exactly. in a day. It could be great. Well, Kara, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you on, and I hope that the all the social ladies community learned some key insights from you because you are one fabulous social lady. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. And you taught me everything I know. So (laughs) if they're listening every week, they'll they'll be learning something. Oh, I miss you. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. 
to get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.